You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. It's good to be with you today. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're going to be talking about preparing people for the coming of Christ. Preparing people for the coming of Christ, today on Words of Encouragement. Prepare for the coming of the Lord. That's what we've done. That's what we did last week. That's what many of these people did that we recognized just a while ago, a while ago, a while ago, uh, as we looked at this sanctuary, how beautiful it is, uh, preparing the way for the Lord, preparing with items, material things, the coming of the celebration of the birth of Christ is what we do here. And yet there is another preparation that takes place as well. Preparing people for the coming of Christ is the title of today's sermon. Preparing people for the coming of Christ. This... uh, Last week and a couple of weeks, uh, Suzanne has been s- preparing our home uh, for celebrating uh, the birth of Christ. And the, we, I think we have more trees this year in our home than we've ever had. <laughs> but it's it, it, the spirit of the season. It's to help us to focus and to, well, to have something positive to look at and to look forward to. Uh, because this year has been a drain for many of us. Uh, it has been tough, draining for us. Um, and, but as I was reading, I was looking at chapter 1 of Luke. And I know we, all, we always kind of gather around Luke chapter 2 and kind of concentrate and focus on it. But I was looking at chapter 1. And as I was reading chapter 1, I realized that God did His fair share of preparation For the coming of Christ. And I had to think to myself. What am I doing. To prepare people for the coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ. What am I doing. To help people prepare for that. It is obvious in Luke's gospel. That God desires to use people. To help prepare other people. For the coming of Christ. So how will he use you? How will he use me in preparing for the second coming of Christ? If you are able and willing, I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. But We will be looking at some additional verses. Bible tells us here, You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. May God bless the reading of his word. 
You may be seated. Well, the first thing I see is a timely preparation. Look at verses 5. And we're going to skip down to 8 and 9. But 5 and then 8 and 9. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And then drop down to 8 and 9. Now it happened that while he was performing his most priestly ser- or his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now skip down to verses 14 and 15. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. This is some exciting news here. This is some exciting news. Look at verse 13. But the angel said to him, this is Zacharias doing his priestly duty, and he gets this word from the Lord. The angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. This is exciting news. This is exciting news for Zacharias and Elizabeth. They had been wanting a child and they were unable to have a child and an angel of the Lord appears and says, you're going to have a child. And he will be a very special tool in the hands of God. Look at verses 16 and 17. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And verse 17 we read as well. He's going to be a forerunner before him in the spirit. And the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. The disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. To make people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Before Jesus came, there needed to be some preparation made. Something needed to happen. Preparation needed to be made so that the people would know who this Jesus was when he came. They needed to know that he was coming soon. They needed to be on alert. Someone needed to say something. Some preparation needed to be taken. And God was making that preparation happen I have to say God knew good public relation procedures before public relations was a thing he knew what needed to happen he knew that in order for the people to be on alert for the coming of Christ they would need to be focused once again on the promise that was made to them years and years before by God to the prophet of Isaiah when he said When he said this, a voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. John is to be that voice. 
They needed to be, they, the people needed to be pointed back to the words of Isaiah. They needed to be pointed back to that that was told to him years and years ago. They needed to be reminded that yes, there is a Messiah coming, but yes, there is also someone coming that is going to be a voice in the wilderness, someone who is going to help prepare the way of the Lord. And John is this voice crying in the wilderness. Early preparation was made for the people of God through Isaiah, and now that preparation is being manifested. It's coming to light. It's becoming a reality for the people. As God reminds them with the birth of John, that the time is drawing near. The time is drawing near. Notice John's preaching is to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. The disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. John's preaching is to move the people from sin to repentance. To repentance. They were to be in the right state of mind to receive Jesus when he did appear. As I thought about that, I realized that when we give our hearts to Christ, when we allow Him to forgive us of our sins and rule over our lives, we are then prepared for His coming. We are then prepared for His coming. In our case, it is His second coming when He comes again. In the lives of those in the days of John, it would of course be Jesus' first coming. But they needed to be prepared. They needed to be prepared. The point is they needed to be focused. This focus would put them in the right frame of mind for the coming of Christ. This focus would help them to know, oh, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Oh, wow. And here's one, a voice in the wilderness telling us that he's coming. John was prepared from birth. In verse 15, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine or liquor. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. From his birth, John was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You and I, when we were, we, when we were born again, we received the Holy Spirit. We were empowered with the Holy Spirit from our second birth, if you will. So when we were born again, empowered with the Holy Spirit, we were empowered to do what John did. It's, it's interesting how this, this happens. Here it is happening again. Every time someone accepts Christ into their heart, they are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do just what John did, to prepare others for the coming of Christ, to help people to be in the right frame of mind for when Jesus comes. Let me ask you, and, I, and I'm asking myself as well, are we allowing God to use us in this world to help to prepare others for the second coming of Christ? Are we allowing God to use us? Is that something we even think about? I think many Christians have thought more about it this year than in many years past. Maybe it's time. Maybe the time is drawing near. Maybe it's actually closer than it ever has been. Of course, I always joke. Every day is a day closer than we have been. Every minute is a closer to Jesus, is a closer minute to Jesus coming. But it's true. So what are we doing as individuals helping others to be prepared for when Jesus comes? 
Listen, if we've accepted Christ into our heart, if you have made that move to walk with Him, if you have had your sins forgiven, listen, then you have been prepared to help others. Because all you need to do is to tell people what happened to you. That's all you have to do. You're prepared. The Holy Spirit will empower you to share with others. Many of us, we just need to make that first step. Many of us, we need to open our mouths for the very first time and say to someone, guess what? Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? I have a pastor friend. Every time you call him, if, you, if he's not there at the residence, one of the things he says on the answering machine is, Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? And every time someone leaves a message, they hear that message. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Are you ready? You, like John, are on a mission every day to help others to be prepared for the coming of Christ. You, like John, may feel like a voice crying in the wilderness. And that's, that is becoming more of a reality, I think. Every day that we live, we feel like we're in a minority and no one is talking about God. And if you do, someone will look at you like this with a frown and a furrowed brow and, and almost with words, but all with their face, say to you, we don't talk about that. I believe it's getting to a time where it, we are going to feel like voices crying out in the wilderness. You might feel as if you're the only one saying anything about Jesus. But do not let that deter you. Do not let that hold you back. Look, I'd rather be known for, as the person who talked about Jesus than the one who never did. Think about that. Some of us don't want to be known as the person who always talks about Jesus. You know, that's all they ever talk about. And I am not saying, please do not mishear me. I'm not saying that every word you say has to be about Jesus. But I want you to talk about Jesus enough to the point where when people do think about you, they do think about Jesus. And that Jesus does cross their mind. Because you do talk about Him. You know, there's a huge difference in never talking about him and then talking about him. There's a huge difference there. And I want us all to be known as those people who talk about Jesus. The flame of hope, the flame of the gospel is stoked by gospel people. When the gospel people fail to mention Christ, the message of Christ fails to be sent. And we can't let that happen. We cannot let that happen. We must share the news. You and I, we've been prepared. The method, we've been prepared. But then I want us to look at the method of the arrival. Look at verses 26 and 27. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now in my mind, I, I, and it's only me, I know, but in my mind, I see the scene in It's a Wonderful Life at the beginning of the movie where there's stars in the heavens, 
and, and, and they ask for Clarence. And here comes little Clarence. The little light comes across and then there's Clarence. And, and this is what I see in my mind when I read this. Gabriel is sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. God tells Gabriel, listen, it's time. It's time. The time has come. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We're, Gabriel is about to inform a young lady that she will bring the Messiah into the world. This is about to happen. I mean, I can see it like a movie. It's happening. Gabriel, go down there. You're going to find Mary. I want you to talk to her. I want you to tell her what's going to happen to her. Oh, my goodness, really? And Gabriel gets to be the one to carry uh, these, he, he actually carries four different messages to earth uh, that we know of through the Bible. I cannot imagine how he must have felt on this trip though. Oh my goodness, really, a huge honor to be the one who is going to announce the Messiah is coming. And, and, and Gabriel gets to do it. I mean, I cannot imagine how he felt. Uh, look, look at verses 30 through 33. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Boy, that's a lot to process. Could you imagine? Here's Mary, you know, being Mary. I mean, you know, she's just, hey, living her life. And here comes an angel from God to tell her all of this. Woo, overload. I mean, there's a lot of information to kind of to digest and to, to, to process. I mean, boy, what? And whoa, whoa. This is a lot of information. The long-awaited Messiah is coming. Now, that's enough. You know, think about that. That's enough good news right there. I mean, if Mary, if Gabriel just said, look, Mary, the Messiah is coming. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. We've been waiting forever for this to happen. Years and years. There's been people lived and died. And we're, they've been waiting for the Messiah to come. And here's Gabriel. Mary, he's coming. Wow. That's enough right there. Oh, but no, that's not all she gets to know about and hear her from this angel. Oh, you're going to bring him into the world, Mary. Oh, <laughs> what? Whoa. I mean, this is a shock. This is a lot of information uh, to process. The people of God have been waiting forever, and here it is. Oh, boy, the time has, is drawing near. Do you think Mary may have been a little overwhelmed? I really kind of think she was, but then we really don't have any evidence from the Bible that says Mary then <gasps> panicked and ran. I mean, it doesn't say that. It, we don't see that Mary oh, was greatly troubled about all of this. No, we don't see any of that. Look at verse 34. Mary said to the angel, she has a question. And she just flat out asks. I'm thinking, I don't know if I could talk. You know, here's this angel telling me what's going to happen. I, 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 but Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Wow, here it is. Well, uh, I, you know, I've always admired Mary for keeping her head on straight as she's talking to an angel of the Lord. I mean, this is huge. She's aware of how babies come into the world. She knew that she had not participated in anything that would make that possible. I mean, this is not how in the world is this going to happen. I love that she's brave enough to just flat out ask. 
I love that she does that. She's very, she's, she's, she's just, she's tough, I think. I mean, that's just, that's awesome to me. But look at verse 35. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So here it is. This is the method. This is the way God is going to bring Jesus into the world. He will be born just as any other human has been born. Why? Because God wants us to understand that He knows and understands what we go through on this earth. He knows, but He wanted us to know that He knows. And so He, he sends His Son Jesus into the, in, into the earth, to the earth. God did not become man to know what it was like to become a man. He knew. He became man so that we would know that He knows what it's like to be a man. God knows. He understands us. He understands what we go through. He understands our pain. And we know this because He sent His Son Jesus. Because Jesus came into this world the first time as He did, because He identifies with us and our world, God prepared us then for His second coming. His second coming will not be in a manger. It will be on a horse. His second coming will not be private. It will be public. Listen to what John wrote. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven... Clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is coming again. God did a lot of preparation for the first time that Jesus entered into this world, God is using us to do more preparation for His second coming. God is at work and God is in preparation mode. My question for me and for you is, how do we fit in to this preparation that God is doing? How do we fit in? We've been given the responsibility, we've been given the great commission to go and to tell people to go, to make disciples, to tell people the good news. That is what we are to do in preparing for the second coming. How are we doing it? How are we doing it? In our own way, I hope. In your own individual way, God has given you talents. God has given you abilities that He's not given to everybody else. He's, you are an individual before God and He loves you individually. He loves us as a group. But He loves you individually. And individually He has prepared you, empowered you through His Holy Spirit to do His work. So how will you do it with your gifts? How will you help prepare this world for the second coming of Christ? You've been prepared. You have been prepared. If you've asked Christ into your heart to forgive you of your sins, you've been prepared. Will you tell people that Jesus is still coming? He's coming. 
He's coming. I hope that you're helping others to know. Because believe me, they need to know. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the good news of Jesus. Father, we look in our world and we look, oh my goodness, all we need to do if we don't want to leave our home, if we don't want to leave our home to find out what the world looks like and how the world thinks and how the world talks and what the world drinks and what the world does, all we have to do is turn on the television. And Father, we see a world that is in need of you. We see a world that is in need of your forgiveness, of your love, of your salvation, of the hope that only you can give. God, help us to see that we have inside of us your love. We have inside of us the gospel. We can share it. People need to know. People need to hear. People need to be prepared for when Jesus comes again. Dear God, I pray if there's someone here this morning that just needs... Maybe they do not have Jesus in their heart. Maybe they've never asked you to forgive them, to come inside of their heart, to be in charge of their life. Maybe there's someone that needs to do that today. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that they will make that step toward you. They will realize, yes, they are not sinless. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of your glory, Father. I pray that they will realize who they are before you and that they will ask, just simply ask, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be in charge of my life. Father, if they will simply express to you that they want that in their hearts. Lord, you will come in. You will abide with them. You will empower them. Father, I pray for those who need to make that decision. Maybe you're listening this morning and you do need to make that decision. Would you simply contact us this week? Get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Words of Encouragement. We're glad to be able to bring you these sermons uh, every week from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I would love to hear from you. You can email us at fbcwboro at gmail.com or you can simply just go to our website. That's fbcwinsboro.com and you can look on there. You can contact us through there. Uh, you can be updated on events, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so just get in touch with us. We hope that things are going well. We are praying for you. That's one thing we want you to know. We are praying for you. And we pray that you will open yourself up to helping others to know who Jesus is during this Christmas season. Uh, no easier time to talk to others about who Jesus is than right now. Uh, people are wanting something to celebrate. They know that Christmas is coming. But you can tell them why we celebrate. So I'm praying for you today, and I'm hoping and praying that you are well and things are going well. Remember, you matter to God and to us right here at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.